Hello and welcome to another episode of Whose Team Is There Anyway? Tonight I am your host again and it's Idi from The Rambling Jur. With me as always we have producer Andrew. Good evening Andrew. Good evening Idi. Uh, it's been far too long so I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this. I'm very excited to listen to our guest team as well so it's going to be a good one. It has indeed been far too long. Um, I think we've all had a bit of a break following the end of the season just to recharge our batteries but Excited to be back. Um, and also back alongside us is Sasa. How are we doing, Sasa? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's just going to hopefully bring some sanity to, to me since the Parks Motor Premiership finished. So I'm, I need some football in my life. <laughs> I think tonight's the first time I've heard your voice since we were in Seville. Um, <laughs> perhaps the, the less said about that, the better for just now. But um, it's great to speak to you again. And then tonight as well, we have a very special guest um, and... I'd like to start off just by thanking him for come, agreeing to come on the show. And, of course, I'll just introduce him, and that is Mr. David Martindale. Thanks very much for the invite, guys. Looking forward to it. So for anyone that's new to the show, um, I'll just run through the format. Davies sent me across his team. Um, he's picked his all-time 11. What I'll do is I'll give some hints to the panel. They'll guess who it is, and then Davy Martindale will tell us who it is and why he's picked them. So we'll kick it off, and first up to guess will be Andrew. So we're team is a 4-3-3, and we're goalkeeper. Previously has played for Hull City and Cardiff City. Can you guess who it is from that? It'd be Alan McGregor. Okay, we'll go across to Sasa. Do you think Andrew's right, or could it be someone else? I think it's. I do think it's somebody different because I can't remember him playing for Cardiff. Um, I'm going to say David Marshall, surprisingly, because I think he played for both of them. So, in a shock twist to today's programme, Andrew has taken a 1-0 lead. Oh, my God. He's, of course, the man who's just signed a new contract, Alan McGregor. So, Dave, um, would you just like to give us a little rundown on why you've picked um, Mr. McGregor, and then I'll, uh, I'll let Andrew gloat over Sasa once you've finished talking <laughs> about the player. I'll give the panellists a wee clue. I just I tried to keep it British. Because um, you could be as a host to keep us worldwide. But for me, when I was growing up, I never watched wrestling, as you know. So um, it was guys like Alan McGregor. Obviously, I played against Alan McGregor. But I just think he's he's been one of the best goalkeepers Rangers have produced. Um, he's got better by with age. And I think he's been a fantastic goalkeeper. I think he'd have had a much stronger career down south if he was just an inch or two inches bigger. Um, I think he could have been top class and play me a Man United or Liverpool, something along the lines, but I think he could have still done that, in all honesty. But obviously, I think the height and the profile just kind of kept him away for the bigger teams, but I think he's been an outstanding goalie for Rangers, but he's been an outstanding goalie in Scottish football. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, we've, we've discussed McGregor once or twice previously on the show, an absolute outstanding keeper. Um, over the course of his career and especially while he's been at Rangers exciting news for himself and the club today that he signed that 
years extension. So, um, Andrew, we'll go to you first. What's your thoughts on that one? I'm still just in disbelief that I managed to get a question right. Um, (laughs) That's just excellent. Um, No, I mean, Al McGregor, I think there's been a lot of discussion over the previous season about his form and uh, how well he's played. And I think it's fair to say he's not really hit the same standards across the whole season. But even throughout this season, he still demonstrated why he is possibly Rangers greatest ever goalkeeper certainly up in a top tier of goalkeepers I think who have ever played for Scottish football um so yeah absolutely no issues Al McGregor's career so far and as we know it's going to continue for at least another year as well um yeah worthy choice absolutely um no no issues with that uh, at all and Scott what's your thoughts um, yeah, can't say anything bad about Alan McGregor. Um, I, I know that it's been met with a mixed reaction. He's getting another year, but I think that his tenure and his length of service, I think that's what distinguishes him as personally for me, the, the all-time greatest for Rangers, think, uh, just for the amount of seasons he's actually done it. I think fans have to realise as well, it's not just what he's maybe doing the Saturday or the European games or whatever it is, it's what he brings to the full club. He's a winner. He's yes. been there. He's done it. So it's what he brings to the dressing room on and off the park as well. And I think you'll maybe see a wee bit more rotation next year to keep him fresh for big games. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. And you can tell you're someone who knows his, uh, his football and works in the, the um, sport itself because it is just about that kind of what he's bringing to the club. And he'll be a great mentor for younger keepers. Um, I mean, he's, he's done it all with Rangers and he'll be able to just guide them through and, and advise them young, um, young Robbie McCrory. It'll be uh, yeah. just idolizing him, I imagine. And he'll have so much to learn from him and hopefully that'll help him push on his career. So the, the man's done it all for us and yeah. he's going to continue to pass on that knowledge. So I can understand the mixed reaction, but you also, when you take your level head, forward and think about it you, you can see the sense in the move i've also i've also made them the social convener for nights out so was that added benefit <laughs> i'd be asking them and you can host your press abuse. conferences <laughs> <laughs> okay and um, we're going to move on to right back then so this player the um davy's chosen a right back for the clues i'm going to give you here i'm going to stick to mainly kind of appearances so He's made 400 club appearances and scored five goals and has 85 international caps with zero goals. So, Scott, it's over to you first. Uh, That's a tough one with eight clues. I'm going to go with Gary Stevens. Okay, Andrew. I don't really have any advance on that, to be honest. Um yeah, I've probably used up my one good guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David, do you want to let us know who you've picked the right back? It was a tough one, to be fair, but growing up in the era that I watched football, that I was really into football a lot more, Gary Neville. I think he was just Mr. Reliable, to be honest. I did think about Gary Stevens, to be honest, but I just thought what Gary Neville's done in football as a whole, I think he's been a fantastic right-back and there's, there's probably an argument for other right-backs there because he did play right-back with Beckham in front of him, to be fair. 
But um, I just think he was a fantastic leader on and off the park. And he's, he was one of these Mr. Reliable. He was an 8 out of 10 most games. And he hardly missed any games as well. So he wore his heart on his sleeve. It's just typical. Got up and down. Got up and down that right wing. So Gary Neville, for me, I tried to stick to guys UK, UK-based and UK-based. Like, players, international players, not just international, but UK-born players. Yeah, so the reason I've stuck to the appearances for the Clues is because obviously he played his entire career at Man United. Yeah. And if a player has spent his entire career at Man United, then whether you like Man United or not, you have to admit, if you can spend your entire career there, you're a good player. So there can't be many people that would disagree with having a player like Gary Neville as your first choice but Scott we'll go to you what's your analysis on that one I think Davey summed it up perfectly saying they're Mr Reliable um, won it all at the, the highest level um, excellent excellent player very just Mr Consistent understand again similarly what we said about McGregor there laterally when the injuries were maybe getting the better of him and that he stayed on as club captain just as one of these guys that you have to have in the dressing room and again part of that class of 92 um, which went on to just basically build a dynasty under Sir Alec Ferguson so nah absolutely no objections to Gary Neville Andy anything to add? No I mean um, yeah I can only echo what the uh, the two boys previous have said Um, it's a rare thing nowadays to get a guy who can who can be not only just at one club but also to be um, so reliable at one club as well, right? Um, you know, so uh, absolutely no questions about his inclusion, thoroughly warranted. Um, and yeah, I think we're building a nice uh, British 11 so far, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, who else we've got. Quite a, a clever player as well, and, and a clever man. Like, if you just take the fact that when he left football, he, he tried out management and quickly realised that perhaps that wasn't his forte going into management, but he had that ability to take on the kind of pundit role and has made it his own. I mean, he's almost synonymous with Sky Sports now as Andy Gray was when we were growing yeah, up. So yeah. definitely someone that knows what he what he's good at and sticks to it. He's one of them, I think, when you watch him in a game, probably fans don't appreciate Man United fans probably appreciate him, but Opposing fans probably never appreciated him, but if you went round that Man United changing him, he'd probably be one of the players that was first in the team sheet. He kind of one of the types of players. Definitely, and he knows a good atmosphere when he sees one, because uh, was it Ibrox? Was it him that said Ibrox was one of the greatest atmospheres he ever played in in that Champions League game? Yeah, I think there's been a few saying that he was there. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on to the first of our centre-backs. So this one's for you, Andy. Now, if you thought the previous two were quite difficult, I've made this one as difficult as I can. So sorry in advance. Um, This centre-back played for Bournemouth and QPR. And you haven't cut out there, have you? That's not an no. that's not an error. That's 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 exactly what you've given me, and nothing else. <laughs> um, I'm bad at this at the best of times. Uh, telling me someone's played just for Bournemouth and QPR and nothing else, I got nothing, man. <laughs> so I'll give that one over to Scott and hope that he screws it up as well. I've got you this time. I've got you. <laughs> 
<laughs> he finished his career at QPR. I think it was Rio. That's the one. Yes. Alright. Okay. Why, why have you picked Mr. Rio Ferdinand? I just think he's got a bit of everything. Again, very similar to Neville. He's played at the top of the game, but he's a ball playing centre half. But he could. He knows where to put a tackle in. Good in the air. He was a leader. But he could come out with the ball. I just think he's a fantastic centre half. Um, I don't want to say too much. Might get away a wee bit. But um, I, I just thought Rio had a bit of everything. To be honest, physicality, aggression, good in the ball, good in the air, um, and a good defender first and foremost. Yeah, I think um, there was a bit of Twitter beef going on a couple of weeks ago um, between. Rio Ferdinand and, and another centre back and um I've got to admit when it came up I, I did say I did think to myself Rio surely is the number one defender for, like at least English born defender that's played in the Premier League for me anyway um he was phenomenal at West Ham Leeds and Man United I mean with him at the back you just you felt safe um like I didn't support any of those teams but you just you felt a lot safer with him in the team than you did with him not in the team um, so I've got he's, no objections to that. Big a more, guy a more modern say and a half. When you look back at the say and a half, maybe previously you look at a Terry Butcher. Again, Terry Butcher was probably an out and out defender, absolute warrior. But when you look at Rio, he's he's more he's more of a ball playing say and a half that could defend as well. So I think he was a he was the first of the modern day centre backs. Yeah, I think you've nailed that there. Andy, anything about Rio Ferdinand stand out for you? No, I mean, like um, like David said there, you know, Mr. Reliable, right? Um, and we, we've, we've already made it a policy to not really discuss uh, off-field matters or, or, you know, things about uh, individuals' personalities. So I won't do that. Um, but Rio, I think, has, um, is, was an exemplary player, um, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely fitting for this team, especially, I think, David, with what you're going for. Here in terms of uh, in terms of your categories for picking and picking players. Listen, there's a lot of Italian centre halves that you could put in there, no bother, but try to keep it at a British base. That's where I was going with. Sure. No, I'm liking it so far. Sasa. Uh, yeah. Uh, what can you say about Rio Ferdinand? The man set the British transfer record for a defender twice. Um, he moved to Leeds for a record of 18 million at the time and then went to Man United for I think obviously it was about 29, 30 million. Um, first really seen him burst, from a personal point of view, seen him burst onto the scene where that leads European Cup run. Um, and just again, a, a, a very clever centre half, could read a game very well. Brave as well. Uh, yeah. Definitely wasn't frightened to put his head in where it hurt. But again, very clever and could play a ball. Um, Terry Butcher was slightly before my time again just to echo what Davey said there but my, my father said that as well he goes you had a guy that he was probably the start of one of these guys that could actually play a, a right good long ball and now it's part and parcel of the game you expect your centre half to be able to distribute the ball as well um, I think every player in the football pitch is a footballer now and Rio is definitely one of the, the modern centre backs at the, at the start of it also comes from a very strong footballing family, obviously. His brother, Anton Ferdinand, played in the Premier League and then uh, laterally played for um, St Mirren. And then, uh, is Les Ferdinand their cousin? Cousin or uncle? 
I think it's a cousin. I think Les Ferdinand's a cousin, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, cousin. Um, so obviously a, a very strong footballing family, um, and I think all respect to to Les Ferdinand, who was an absolutely fantastic player. I think Rio was definitely the most successful of the three um, and just had an outstanding stellar career. So uh, a great choice at centre-back, especially when you're going for that all-British team. And partnering Rio in that centre-back um, pairing, this defender, I think it's your turn to guess first, Scott. Um, this defender played for Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa. <laughs> See that the curveball there's to try and get me along the lines of cycle, but I think we've had a similar clue in a previous episode, and I'm going to say it was John Terry. Okay, Andrew. Yeah, I, I know who this is because I'm pretty sure I gave that clue in one of the previous episodes. Because <laughs> uh, I know you're missing out one fairly important team there, Eddie, in Chelsea. So yeah, I think that's probably John Terry. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to go down there. Let's see if we can get them to think of psycho for a second. So yes, of course it is John Terry. Um, so Davy, I'll let you speak about him first before I start chatting on about I think, him. I think John Terry was an absolute winner. He was a leader. I like to be. He held the changing room. You could tell he was one of the most important people within Chelsea's changing room. But he was an absolute warrior and he was a leader on the park. And I think he was a wee bit underrated in footballing terms. I think he was also a very, very good footballer and he could step in as well. I just thought he was a motivator. And obviously the team we spoke about so far is fully winners, it's fully leaders. And obviously if you had a choice as a manager, you'd have 15, 16 of them in your changing room. But I just felt probably not as good as Rio on the ball, but... Very similar to Terry Butcher, he wore his heart on his sleeve, he'd run through a brick wall for you, but I think he was underrated as a footballer, but uh, I think he was better than what he got given credit for. But I think an absolute warrior, leader, motivator, and I'd have him in my team any day of the week, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, a great way where you described him there as a, a winner. This is a guy who won on the pitch and then... Uh, also seemed to win even when he wasn't on the pitch. Um, when he's stepping up, taking the credit for games in his full kit, despite not playing. But an absolute brilliant defender. Um, you knew you were always going to get a brave performance from him. And one that I, th- I think you're right, he's probably a little bit underrated. Um, and I think part of that's probably due to some of his off-field antics, perhaps. And that colours people's opinion on it. Yeah, but whatever you do, you you cannot really write him off as being anything but a, an absolute top class, world class defender. Achieved so much in his career and was part of that kind of driving force behind a Chelsea team that dominated for a few years under Jose. Yeah. Um, perhaps if these two were to play together, they wouldn't get on quite so well based on their history. But on paper, as a, a centre back pairing, you couldn't ask for a better English centre back pairing. Um, certainly kind of during my time watching football that's for sure um, Scott anything from you? I'd rather have Psycho I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that I know we're trying not to let the off-field antics cloud but I'm not talking about him cutting his teammates grass I'm talking about him holding a Celtic scarf up he's put me off him so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no in seriousness like I said another brave defense. Like I'll never forget that one where he gets his head taken off in the I think it was at the Charity Shield Cup the Charity Shield or the League Cup or something they were playing Arsenal and they got absolutely volleyed and they couldn't get the trophy in the hospital. But um, 
nah, a brave centre half. Agree, probably not quite as good in the ball as Real Ferdinand, but I, I just a, a natural winner, and that's what you need in a team. Um, certainly looking at this dressing room just now, you're, you're sitting going, they're, they're not going to be shy of, sort of jerseys to, to pull folk up for, for no pulling their way. I think every one of them would have a say, so yeah. Terry's, a, Terry's a nice inclusion to that. John Terry was one of these centre halves that um, celebrates a clean sheet, celebrates a clearance, he's got a wee bit of Italian blood in him, I think, in that respect. Definitely, Andrew. Anything from you? No, I mean, I think like we said for Ferdinand earlier, you know, he kind of got to set the uh, off-field stuff to one side. Um, you can't argue with um, someone like John Terry when you see the um, number of trophies in his cabinet, right? Um, just the sheer level of achievement that he's um, that he's had in the game. Um, yeah, no-brainer, really. I think to include him in this team, and uh, yeah, it's developing into a bit of hardy bastards um, kind of team as well which is good which is good I think one of my favorite stories about John Terry is uh, and I don't know how true this is actually but uh, I'm sure I heard when he scored against West Ham when he was celebrating his dad and his uncle were in the West Ham end giving him the finger and calling him all sorts of words um, which I think is just absolutely brilliant to be playing at such a high level and uh, being such a top class footballer but having your dad and your uncle supporting the other team and slagging you off and slating you for scoring, I think it's just unreal. Ah, that's good. I like that. So we'll move on to we're left back. So a little bit of a um, interesting choice here is what I'll use. So this left back has played for Crystal Palace in Derby County. So we're on to you, Andrew. Or... Sorry about that. I am here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with this one. These clues are tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it is. It's the clues that the reason I'm not getting it. Yeah. Um, no, I've got I've got no idea, to be honest. Um, let's let's kick this one over to Scott. Okay, Scott. Uh, I've, 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 I've just written it down there. Like, I'm quite confident it's getting to this team. So, uh, Ashley Cole. It is indeed Ashley Cole. Very nice. It's so the one we've had before, but I'll let um, I'll let Davy just chat you through him. I just thought he was a very good left back. He got up and down the line. He was technically he was gifted a bit of pace. I know he was physically he was a little bit smaller than probably what you'd want for a left back. But I just thought he had a bit of everything in his locker. A wee bit of flair, uh, athleticism. He had a big heart and a. Uh, I do. I really like watching Ashley Cole play. To be honest, it was a position when I was looking at it. My kind of, you'll see when my thought process was. It was kind of the era where I was going up and I was really, really looking at football. It had an influence on me these players because that's when really I was watching football, but I started watching football properly. So Ashley Cole for me, I don't think of a few others, but it kind of was a wee bit of a standout to be fair. And I dare say this back four. Um, played together at some point, haven't they? Or they played a few games together, I've imagined. Yeah, I'd imagine they'll have played a few for for England. I actually don't think this is a as unusual a, a choice as I try to play it down there. I just knew Andrew had no chance of getting it, and I was kind of hoping if I played it down a bit, Scott might struggle a bit more with his guess. But <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, Scott needs all the help he can get. Obviously, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> struggled with this, so yeah. <laughs> 
But no, a fantastic player. I mean, a player who was loved by Arsenal fans and then managed to go to Chelsea and was loved by Chelsea fans. So to be loved by sets of fans from rival teams, you have to be some player. But as I've said on a previous episode when he's been selected, he's a a player I don't personally like because um, he broke my heart when he got together with Cheryl Cole um, or because I, I... I thought she was just absolutely stunning at the time. And when he took her off the market, I was really disappointed. And then he made me really angry when he uh, treated her the way he did. So not not a guy that I was particularly a big fan of from a personal point. But as a footballer, absolutely fantastic left back. I think he kind of got, he was one of those kind of first full backs that started to really push the attacking yeah. part of the game. Yeah, um, but he could also defend back. as well. So. Great choice, um, in my opinion. Andrew, um, I know we've talked about him previously, but what's your opinions on Ashley Cole? Yeah, I think the um, the the two club, but loved by both fan bases thing is is something that's come up when we've previously discussed him. So um, yeah, I, like it's similar to the John Terry thing, right? You just need to look at the trophy cabinet and go, yeah, he's probably pretty good at what he does, right? Um, phenomenally successful footballer and like you guys have said the the kind of template for that kind of modern fullback as well you know the uh the the relying more on the attacking output rather than just the defensive output um he he's one of the first players that i can at least remember starting to to do that so um yeah no questions at all um no no issues at all rather about him being included in this team players i would say because you had all the players that have played in the wide areas but he's probably mm-hmm. one of the modern-day left-backs in a British sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Scott, what's your thoughts on Mr Cole? Yeah, I think I think went down that route before, before keeping it mainly British. There's, there's no very many up there in the, the calibre of Ashley Cole to have the, the longevity. Again, he had, uh, must have played, about, I think he played 15 seasons in the Premier League, before going away, so um, you, you don't, you're not a starter for a club at the time. Obviously, Arsenal and Chelsea was part of that. Arsenal Invincibles team went on to win the Champions League UEFA Cup with Chelsea. So you know, it's you, you don't play at that level with two of the top teams for so long if you're not that good. And again, just he really did have it. Um, I think I think it was David Edgar. I think maybe selected. It was, uh, yeah. That selected Ashley Cole as well, and it, like I said, it was it was a surprise to me that he hadn't featured sooner. But I think we're going to see him come up every so often now because now nah, for for me he's definitely certainly from a British standpoint he's one of the best left backs Britain any any British country's produced. Right. Well, if you think that back four is good, this midfield is absolutely packed. Um, so we'll start off with kind of my preferred of the three. This midfielder played for Tottenham Hotspurs, Middlesbrough, and had a spell in Italy at one point. So I think we're on to Scott first. Gaza. Okay. Andrew? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Gaza. (laughs) Okay. Davey, do you want to let them know who it actually is? Hi, Graham Souness. I've went for Graham Ah. Souness, defensive centre mid. Um, I just thought soon as had a bit of everything I still enjoy listening to as soon as when he's on he's on the television yesterday loved the way he played 
very, very good footballer, leader, warrior, motivator, had a bit of everything. I just thought he was a fantastic midfielder and I think Scotland was blessed. We were blessed with, to have a midfielder of that calibre, to be honest. Yeah, and um, it also gave me the perfect opportunity to lead Scott and Andrew down the Gaza route, so I was delighted to see him in there. We took, the we took the bait. We took the bait. clues. <laughs> no, I, for, for me, that's a brilliant choice. Um, I obviously, I didn't get to see him growing up as a, a kid. He kind of was on the, the path to retirement when I was born, and then um, before I kind of really registered what football was properly, his time playing was up but I've subsequently seen highlights of his career so for me I think he was great um that kind of somebody that was a, a real tough tackler and um, occasionally was a little bit over the top tackler but also had that kind of almost continental style of play as well Um, you know he could he could control the ball he could pick out a pass he had a a really smart footballing brain. So for me, I, I really like that pick, but I'll, I'll hand it over to the lads to discuss. So, um, Scott, what's your thoughts on Mr. Graeme Souness? I think the term magnificent bastard that gets used quite a lot in social media just sums it up for me. I absolutely love Graeme Souness. Um, I've met him a couple of times and I, I'm glad there was a space between them because it took my handshake, my hand long enough to recover from the bone crusher he gives you. But <laughs> you just expect that from him. Uh, it sounds, maybe sounds a bit condescending or patronising to say, but he's a man's man. He was a proper hard man, but he could play football as well. Um, my father's favourite player. Um, obviously loved him for how hard he was in a tackle, how aggressive he was. Even that debut at Hibs. Straight, straight in with a tackle you probably got a 10 match plan for now but he, and I watched that I watched that it was a, a video about Graham Souness I think they interviewed Gary Stevens Stuart McCall Andy Gray eh, Morris Johnson Alan, every single one of them summed him up with one word winner um, and I think you still get that from him now and I'm, I'm, I know he gets a lot of hatred for the Man United fans for the way that he always goes on about Pogba I think in light of the recent I, events, I think he's been proved completely right that Pogba was a poison in that dress, dressing room, and just I, I could have listened to him all day. I just he's, I agree with everything he says. Andrew, do you have much to say about Mr. Souness? Certainly nothing negative. In case on a very rare chance that you might hear it and come after me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, Graham Souness, I, I don't think this is the first time that we've had him on the podcast, um, but he is certainly, I think, at least for a very for a certain generation, you know, the epitome of a an absolute no holds barred, uncompromising um, midfielder, and uh, yeah, I, I think he's um, absolutely worthy of inclusion in this team. And I think um, I think a lot of his match intelligence goes underrated. I think um, yeah. you know the 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 way that he played football was was quite forward thinking. I think you know and you know marry that with um, that <laughs> uncompromising streak as well. Um, you know you, you've got the makings of just a fantastic player. So um, yeah, Biddy, I'm still bitter about you. Uh, you know misleading us because uh, I don't need that kind of uh, additional pressure put on me. But um, he's um, he's a, he's someone who's played 
everywhere you know in the top markets of uh of football certainly at that time and um and proved himself pretty much everywhere he went so yeah no issues whatsoever um with him in this team i think this is the first time he's appeared in a team you know i think the other time we've mentioned him was when um louch was on and his team was his team his team was bastards and um, when it came to the manager I guess it would be mm. soonest for the manager. I think that's the only other time he was mentioned. But yes, apologies for leading you down the path there. But the only other clue I could have really given you was he was beloved by Rangers fans, and I, I think the outcome would have been the same. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I disagree, Eddie. <laughs> you, you could have been much nicer. Yeah, pl- planting planting a rival's flag in the centre circle in the Turkish capital might have been a bit of a giveaway. That one may, <laughs> may have just given... I think even I might have got that one, yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll move on. So, um, joining Mr. Sunes in the midfield, we have a midfielder who I'm going to skip clues regards to what clubs he's played for and go with his 114 senior international caps and 21 goals scored for his country and was also the UEFA Club Player of the Year in 2005. So, Andrew, it's over to you for that one. I know this one. I had to look up this clue, and I remembered it. This is Mr. Steven Gerrard. Mm, Sasa, do you think he's got it there? I think he's got it there. (laughs) Davey, do you want to let Andrew know if he's managed to, for the first time ever, get two guesses right in one show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm maybe showing my age here. Um, yeah, I missed that Gerard. That is lovely, lovely stuff. Andrew's having himself a night tonight. Like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, um, Davy, why, why have you selected Stephen Gerrard for your team? I just think Stephen. Yeah, when you look at what most of these players are all kind of carrying the same same characteristics, but I just thought Stephen Gerrard was. Again, an out-and-out midfielder. He was a six, he was an eight, he was a ten. He could lead by example. He had a bit of everything. Tough in the tackle, looked after the ball, scored goals, made defensive tackles. For me, Steven Gerrard in that era was probably one of the top, definitely within the top ten players in the world, but definitely could potentially be a lot lower than that when you think about the Messi's and that of this world, Ronaldo's. Stephen Gerrard, for me, was an unbelievable football player, a fantastic captain, and he's generally a really good guy. Yeah, I think it's fair to say there's not going to be too many disagreements here. Um, Gerrard's popped up a number of times on the show. I think I've been on record as saying when he actually played, I wasn't wasn't a big fan of his, but not because of his footballing talent. Um, There was no denying that. I just, I didn't like him because he played for Liverpool and I don't particularly... Or I didn't particularly like Liverpool when I was younger. Nowadays, I no kind of ill will towards them. I'm a bit older and a bit more mature. But I can now that I'm a bit older, I can appreciate the absolute talent of a player that he was. Um, uh, driving force of that Liverpool team, scored some absolutely magnificent goals over the course of his career. But did more than that. Was a brilliant passer and again another midfielder who liked the tackle sometimes a little bit too much, but always was willing to roll up his sleeves and carry that team on his shoulders and on his back and just drive them forward. So uh, another fantastic pick and fits in well with the theme of your team. Um, 
Andrew, I think that was your guess first, wasn't it? So, Mr. Steven Gerrard, obviously um, a player well-known now by Rangers fans, uh, uh, somebody who's part of our history. So, what's your thoughts, pro or con, on, on Steven? Uh, not a lot of cons, really. I mean, you can't be going after Gerrard for a disciplinary record when you've got Graham Souness in the same team. So, you know... Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, it's it's there's something to be said about uh, a guy who, again, similar to, to a couple of other players that we've had, who was primarily a one club team um, who he played for. He had a retirement spell in uh, in the States. But apart from that, he was Liverpool through and through. Um, and just to, to jump in there. Sorry, Andrew, was when he was at L.A. Galaxy, was that your local club? Your hometown team, or <laughs> I was a Midwest boy, Eddie, you know, from Chicago, you know. So, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> as you can tell by my accent, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, no, I mean, Gerard, we we we've obviously talked about him before, and the reason he's come up so many times in this is because. I think not only is he an excellent player, but he's a very useful player to have in something like this because you can slot him into a number of different positions and know that you'll get a good, no, hell, not even a good, a great output from him. Um, you know, there's there's few players who you can point to to say single-handedly won a Champions League final, but Gerard's one of those that you think you can point to. I'm not sure there's many others. And, um, you know, he's won pretty much everything for Liverpool. Obviously, he'd never won the uh, the Premier League, but I think he's uh, probably got his eye on that in a, in a few years' time. Um, maybe not with Aston Villa, but you never know. Um, and, yeah, you know, he's um, obviously getting started in his managerial career now as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I think there's um, something to be said about the way he carries himself as a man as well as a footballer that... Um, yeah, absolutely merits inclusion in this team. Uh, Davey, I know that we're obviously springing some stuff on you here. We are going to ask you to pick a manager at the end of this, but I'd be interested to see, obviously, once we've got the full team out, who you're going to pick as captain here as well, because there's a there's a good few likely candidates already. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to it. I know, it's pretty much a team of captains so far. Um, yeah. Right, Scott, surely you've got something negative to say about Steven Gerrard here. Just that finishing 14th in the Premier League is more appealing than playing European football. But um, no, listen, <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, football, like I said, we're, we're talking about their on field football. And uh, again, he's given us some of the memorable moments in football, just as a, as a neutral. Like I said, that 3 3 final with Milan, probably one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Um, and then also, if you know, uh, for regular listeners of the show, they'll know that he's actually that greatest piece of commentary is mentioned in our, our opening credits. I was just about uh, to say, let's break the fourth the, wall and mention that. But the, well, goal, the goal against Olympiacos, uh, where Andy Gray gave us a, a a very Scottish and very yeah an apt solution to that goal. So yeah, um, and very interested to see what the future holds from managerially. I think. Obviously, everybody has that sort of opinion that he might go to Liverpool or that the Liverpool job's maybe on ice for him for a while and this is him cutting his teeth in the league. But I'm interested to see how he does this year now that Mr Beal has went to QPR. Yeah, that will be interesting. But 
you know, when he first left Rangers, I, I wasn't overly keen on him succeeding, but that's that kind of, as I've said before, I'm very much an emotionally led person at times. And now that it's, we're kind of nearly a year on, I, I hope he does well. He, he brought us some good memories and I uh, hope he succeeds. Sims, I hope Michael Beale um, wins the championship with QPR. I think it'll be great for him. <laughs> but enough about um, the Rangers back or previous backroom team. Next in our midfield trio, again, I'm going to skip over the, the clubs or club and just give you his international stats. So he has, and I was quite surprised when I looked this up, actually. Um, I thought he would have had more caps, to be honest, but he has 66 senior international caps with 14 goals. Scott, who do you think it is? 66 international caps. And how, how many goals did you say? 14. Um, I'm tempted to go. I'm tempted to go down that route again with the with the famous three. I'm not. I'm not going to steal the way by Gaza again. So I'm going to try and say Paul Scholes. Okay, Andrew. I remember this one as well. It's Paul Scholes. Because <laughs> it again, yeah. it, it's not the first time he's come up on this. So, David, do you want to just talk us through Paul Scholes and why you've included him into your midfield three? I just think Scholesy, what a one day, like an absolute Jamie, a football player. What he could do with a ball that took took players like five seconds, ten seconds to run up the line with a pace, dribble and beat people. He could absolutely lay the ball on a plate for you. He's vision, creative. Fantastic footballer, had a wee bit of devilment as well, going gave you a wee bit in the tackle. Very rarely won the ball right enough, but I just thought what that boy could do with a ball was fantastic. Honestly, his his vision. And yeah, I've I've read articles from Perlo, Zidane, Xavi, and Esther, and they all talk about how good Paul's goals was. So that that kind of for me, we we then never had the luxury of watching him every week, never had the luxury of playing with him. That just shows you what the ability that Paul Scholes did have for players like that, talking about him. But I used to love watching him from um, Man United. I thought he was just a fantastic footballer. I think the England managers, he had never had as many caps as you'd probably hoped he would have got. But again, England did have a plethora of midfielders to choose from at that point. And I think it was more about getting the balance right than the personnel. Yeah, you're probably right there. I just when I looked it up, I, I genuinely was surprised to see that he had under 100 caps because, like you say, he is just such a great footballer, and he was all of his peers just speaking have nothing to say about him other than absolute positives and how great of a footballer he was. When we come to Scott talking about him, he's got a great story about him in a tree, um, but I'll let him tell that story because I, I remember him telling it previously, um, and it, it is just a great story. Um, I, one thing I will say is this midfield. You know, if you if you're playing a team that is pretty good at controlling the ball and you're relying on your midfield to tackle and get the ball back, you're going to end up with eight men on the pitch by the looks of things. But um, again, another great choice. So Scott, we'll go over to you and I'll let you tell that great story about schools in the tree. I think I think uh, just to just to clarify there we're not by any means saying that Paul Scholes was a dirty player or there was any malice involved. It was he just really couldn't time a tackle. <laughs> I think that was about the only thing. 
Um, but no, yeah, I, I love Paul Scholes being included. Um, again, no no affiliation to Man United in the slightest, um, but a joy to watch. Could just pass a ball. Didn't he score many bad goals? Every goal you, you sort of look at a, a compilation with Paul Scholes is an absolute belter. So, yeah, uh, loved having him in there. And then, again, that story, just going back to the training about Ronaldo pinging free kicks and hitting penalties and doing tricks and this and that and the next thing and Paul Scholes system points at a tree about 110 yards away and Scholes wham hits it first time Ronaldo Ronaldo said it took, it took him I think he said he must have took about 7 or 8 goals to hit it so the fact that he just had that confidence and he knew how he could pass a ball um, that's just that's just his vision his vision was incredible yes what he did in the park was steps ahead of other players eh just being able to play some of the passes and I, I definitely think but again as well as being able to play those passes he was a cool head um, yeah. maybe maybe when you were up against it for a wee bit he would break up the play or he would play a couple of safe passes just to keep the possession up and get the, get the, get the yeah. team further forward up the park so again a very intelligent player and I've got a lot of time for him I think he, he just kept himself himself off the park as well and you, you appreciate guys that like that seem to just be like a, a proper professional and nah, I, I admire that yeah, he, he could pick a pass, he could rifle in a 40-yard screamer and he bites a mean toenail, so he's, he's the perfect midfielder, really. Um, Andrew, anything to add about that one? Definitely not about the toenail thing, just set that aside. <laughs> I just um, couldn't let it slide without mentioning it. I, will I, wish, I, wish, that I wish that he had let it slide. <laughs> just leave the toenails alone, you know. Um, no, I mean, we... we it's again it's not the first time he's come up and it's for a good reason um i think it was david edgar when we uh, we were talking to him on the last episode um which you definitely go back and check out in the archives if you want um was that he was so good and so integral to that man U team that after he'd retired they eventually just caved and had to get him back again for another season um because of what he could bring to that team and how difficult that was to replace um and yeah, he's um, again just a top quality player. Um, <laughs> I know Louch uh, tried to go for a hard bastard team, but I think this one might just about rival it, you know. Um, and yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I don't have much more to add to that the uh, the lads have already uh, discussed. So yeah, all I'll say is fantastic inclusion and yeah, excellent, excellent choice. Yeah, it's shaping up to be a, a cracking team, especially given the limitations that Davies placed on his team um, by keeping it purely British. The the selections so far have been outstanding for that. And then um, as we move to the fr- the front three here, <clears throat> it it doesn't get any any uh, worse. If anything, it just gets better. So I'll start off with this player who um, he grew up a Rangers fan. He played for Liverpool, and then after he retired, he got to experience his dream as a youngster and be part of the Rangers setup at one point. So, Andrew, who could it be? Can you run through those clues one more time for me, there, Eddie? Mm-hmm. He grew up a Rangers fan. Uh-huh. He played for Liverpool, and then after he retired, he got to live his dream of being part of the Rangers setup. Right, we've not cloned Steven Gerrard again, right? So, um, no, I've got no idea. 
I'm sure, I'm sure, Eddie, you thought this was an incredibly clever clue, and I'm sure, once you've told us the answer, it will be an incredibly clever clue, but I've got no idea. Scott? Did you leave out the clue that he scored against Rangers in the famous Battle of Britain for Leeds United? Ah. Uh, Gary no. McAllister? Absolutely not, I'm afraid. No? Wow. No. I have, again, given you some bait and you have taken it. <laughs> I'll give you one more clue. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to you, Scott, because you will get it if I do. Andrew, I'll give you one more clue just to see if you can get it. Well, I just make a wish foundation. <laughs> <laughs> I might get three points here in one game. That would be completely unprecedented. For Celtic. So he played for Celtic and Liverpool, was a Rangers fan growing up and was part of the Rangers backroom or part of the Rangers club at one point. Oh, fuck. I think I can picture him in my mind as well. But I cannot remember his name. I oh, mean, that's gonna... I, I yeah. feel like you don't know who it is if you can't think of this guy's no, name. No, I was thinking that myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is, I think I've got his... I've got, I can think I can see him in my mind, but I cannot place his name. Um, no, Eddie, put my out of misery, please, before I... Okay, scope. so it is former Rangers head of international scouting. Davy, do you want to tell him who it is? No, I'll go for that. I'll let you go. It's Kenny Dalglish. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Davy, do you want to just fill us in on why you've picked Mr. Dalglish into this team? I, I didn't mean, actually realise he, some... I, I he did have something to do with Rangers later on. I never knew that either. Yeah, it was after he first left Blackburn. He uh, he went did and he? took on a, an international scouting oh. role with Rangers. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Anyway, I just think Kenny Douglas, it was probably when I was growing up, you were looking at people like Sunnis, Douglas. I just think it was incredible. I grew up, obviously, I grew up in Govan. I was a Rangers fan, but I had a massive interest in Scottish football through obviously the Scottish managers and the Scottish players that played down there. So I used to follow Liverpool and then I laterally followed Man United for Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, I just thought Kenny Douglas was an unbelievably gifted player that could score goals. He was just, for me, just he was just an incredible player. I'd love to, love to have seen some of these Blitzunis and Douglas in the modern game, to be honest, in these days. But I just thought he had a wee bit of everything. He used to glide by people, could finish off his right, finish off his left, scored all types of goals. I just thought he was an unbelievable player, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, even as Rangers fans, and and even though he was before kind of my time, I think any time you kind of see highlights, you can see just how much ability he had. And to try and downplay it just because he played for Celtic would be silly because he was a phenomenal player. He did great things for Scotland. He was kind of a huge name for Liverpool as well. He was just an absolutely fantastic player. But um, Andrew, do you... Do you have much recollection of the the history of Kenny Dalglish? And I think it's fair to say he's a wee bit before my time uh, playing wise. But you know, I mean, just looking back at his record and some of the stats: um, 204 appearances for Celtic and 111 goals, and then 355 appearances for Liverpool and 118 goals. It's probably a quite a potent option to have up top. Um, and again, you know, that, that kind of longevity with two clubs. Um, 
certainly I think um, product of his time for sure and the number of trophies that he's won across those two teams as well. Um, yeah, he's, I think, affectionately regarded, certainly at least still with Liverpool. Um, I'm not sure if he's done something to annoy the Celtic fans recently. I wouldn't be overly surprised because they seem to get upset by a lot of things. Um, but he, um, yeah, I, I think he's uh, certainly a legend for at least one of the teams that he's played for. Um, and yeah, well worthy of inclusion here. I think definitely a lot of potential for goals, um, for sure. I'm just a little bit disappointed he never stayed on his scout for us for longer because, I mean, his, his second stint at Liverpool, he was picking out absolute winners like Andy Carroll for £35 million, So, guy <laughs> knew a player. Scott, what's your um, your opinions on Kenny Dalglish? Would I have him in my team? Maybe I, maybe he's not. Uh, <laughs> nah, um, very seldom my father's a, obviously a massive Rangers fan and uh, very seldom do you hear him give praise to players that plays for Celtic but Kenny Douglas is definitely one of them just to echo what you said Kenny Douglas is before my time I first remember him being a manager at Blackburn Rovers um, that was really when I started getting proper into football um, but nah he, his stats speak for himself he's an icon at Liverpool he's an icon at Celtic he's, a, he's an icon at, for the Scotland national team um, outstanding striker not just a striker like a complete forward I mean he could beat players um, he could hold the ball up. He was fast. He had the left foot, he had the right foot. He was good in the air. Just you, you can't say a bad word about Kenny Dalglish. Um, he's just and as well as that as well, he's a bit of a sort of culture icon in Scotland as well. Just for the way he is. I mean, I, I love that one with him standing in the touchline telling Arsene Wenger to piss off. I mean, just he's it, just one. He's just a proper Glasgow guy, and you know, I mean, I, I think that's certainly something you want in your team as well. But no, footballing wise. Nah, I'll probably hold my hands up and say, even though I played for Celtic, I would, I would still have him on my team. Yeah, and I think that speaks volumes that, <clears throat> as big Rangers fans, um, even even we wouldn't hold that against him that he played for Celtic. We, we have to hold our hands up and say he was a fantastic player, and you've got to give credit where credit's due. Um, it's not often that I like to give a, a Celtic player or a former Celtic player credit, but. You know, in, in this kind of business, you've got to be realistic and just say, you know, the, the man was a player, absolutely brilliant, and you've got to give him all the credit that he's due. I, can, so, I can't remember watching him for Celtic, to be honest. I remember it was just his Liverpool career where well, his Scotland career that stood out for me. Yeah, and I, I think he's probably more um, more well known as a Liverpool player and a Scotland player yeah. than, than the side player. But when you go back, like when I was looking in, up the team and just trying to find clues that record for Celtic was outstanding as well so um, it would be remiss of me not to mention it but we'll move on uh, and the next of the front three this one's probably slightly easier so sorry Andrew um, Scott's almost certainly going to get a point here but this player played for Clyde Bank and Motherwell the late great David Cooper Andrew? With how ridiculously confident Scott was when he made that guess, I'm not going to dare guess anything else. That sounds right to me. Yeah, I think, I, I've uh, been confident I made an arse of myself twice tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's uh, not forget how often I've been confident with, um, <laughs> with, a, with Luis Suarez and then 
ended up looking completely silly. So <laughs> confidence isn't always an indicator that someone's right, Andrew. No, but no that's I, true. I think, I think on this one, it couldn't have been anyone else. It was difficult. Like, what are you meant to do? If you say Rangers and Motherwell, and it's an all-time 11, you, it's going to be Davy Cooper. You say Rangers and Clyde Bank, it's going to be Davy Cooper. You say Clyde Bank and Motherwell, it's going to be Davy Cooper. There wasn't anyone else that it could have been. So uh, we'll hand it over to you, Davy, just to talk to us about um, Davy Cooper, who I think all Rangers fans will be listening intently to see what you think about him, because he was loved by all of us and Motherwell, all the Motherwell fans and Clyde Bank fans as well. I just think David Cooper was before his time, do you know that? Can you imagine David Cooper playing now in the modern game on carpets? The football parts are like absolute carpets. The balls are probably three kilo lighter. Can you imagine what he could have done with a ball? Um, I just thought David Cooper, when I was growing up, was an idol. He was somebody that I used to watch, study, went outside, used to grab a ball, used to go and try and be David Cooper. I just thought he was a... Uh, just like... King, he was just Davy Cooper for me, he was who I grew up watching playing football, it's who I wanted to be, I used to run in the house to watch Davy Cooper play football, um, just an incredible player and well be well before his time if I'm honest, you've got Davy Cooper and Kenny Douglas in the wing, you can imagine them two being inverted now, coming one coming in the right, one coming in the left, but they were old fashioned wingers as well who could beat their man and could play up top with a number nine or be a false nine, be a nine. I just think he had everything. I used to love watching David Cooper play football, to be honest. Showing my age. No, I, again, he's one who he was kind of a bit before my time, but my uncles absolutely adored him. Um, the, the, when they talk about him and just talk about the things that he could do for football. And, and when you go back and watch old YouTube highlights and that, and, um, it's that goal, was it against Aberdeen? I, Aberdeen in the cup where he scored that free kick and Jim Layton said to him, I nearly got a hand to it and he responded, aye, on the way back out. Um, he was just absolutely phenomenal. And you're talking about a player who was adored and still is adored by Rangers fans, then moved on to another club um, at Motherwell where he did so well at Motherwell they named a stand after him. Um, and, then you, and then you've got... Rude Hullet, who was an absolute icon in world football, playing for the Dutch national team, playing for AC Milan. And when he was asked who the best player he ever played against was, he mentions Davy Cooper, uh, a guy that was playing for Rangers in Scotland. Um, That just speaks volumes of him. So, Scott, I'll hand over to you then. And just anything you can tell us about Davy Cooper, your experience of perhaps not watching him live, but watching highlights. and, And again, your dad's talking about him previously. Yeah, um, I think I think he's another one of these players that transcends the divide. Um, I think he was he was universally loved. Um, maybe not universally loved when he was playing against you, but everybody had a respect for the craft and uh, his ability. Um, my dad used to say he was just like he never had the right foot, but he didn't need it. Um, and I, I think, like you said, with the gem that he had with, with Jim Layton, I mean, I can't mind who the defender was, but he says, I could keep a beach ball off you in a phone box, son. I mean, that that is just brilliant. But <laughs> watching, watching, watching his highlights, you can see he could do it. I mean, he, he could twist and turn. I mean, step overs and stuff. You didn't see that back then, unless you were watching Brazil, you know. And um, I think, again, just another model professional. Um he famously quoted as saying he played for the club he loved and he, he, he was a quiet guy he wanted to be with his family and wanted to put for a pint with his pals in Hamilton didn't he he just didn't want to be the 
I mean, he could have went. He could have went to any league in the world and made a fortune. But yeah, he, he wanted to stay here and just wanted to go about his business and play football. Apparently, he was never. He was one of the worst for training. But uh, I don't know how strict you are with some of your players with the training. But I think if if you had a guy like David Cooper and he wasn't training too well, as long as he produced that in the park, he wouldn't be too bothered. You let him off it. <laughs> Andrew, do you have any? I suppose again, you're probably far too young to remember him playing. I, I don't even. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I don't know how old you are, Andrew. So um, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> well, I'm, you. Don't I'm 33, Eddie, but yeah, I think Cooper unfortunately is just slightly before my time. Um, but if I ask my dad who his favourite ever Rangers player was, is Davy Cooper. Um, and it is because of that, you know, I think the the way that he is loved by every team that he played for, um, the just sheer skill he's had, um, he has scored what my old man still says is the greatest ever goal for Rangers, um, doing keepy uppies in the box in a cup final past Celtic players to uh, to score a goal. Can't believe you never mentioned the driver cup goal. Right. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you've got just that absolute quality. And that's not only just for Rangers, but, I mean, Motherwell fans, he's still a legend there as well. And um, I think, as, as Scott said, you know, he played for the team he loved. Um, I think master of understatement right there um, with how much he won. Um, but yeah, 100% quality player. I would, um, I'd love to watch this team play and we've still got one more player to go, but th- this would be phenomenal <laughs> to see. I think that speaks volumes of how great a pick Davy Cooper is there in the, the three members of the panel are all too young to have actually watched him play live but the stories that have been passed down um to scott and andrew from their dads and me yeah. from my uncles uh, we're still able to wax lyrical about him and have subsequently gone back and watched youtube highlights because of stuff that the family have passed down to us about him it just speaks absolute volumes to the kind of player he was and how much everybody regarded him and, and rated him and like you've said davy there just way ahead of his time and if he was plonked into today's football the stuff he'd be able to do with that ball would just be unreal so we'll move on to our final player so we've got two great kind of players cutting in from the wide angles there and um, yeah. <clears throat> if you've got two great wide wide players going and this is probably the perfect man to have leading the line um andrew you're up to guess next so this player this striker played for blackburn and southampton i think there's one other player that one other team that he played for there Eddie. Um, there is, <laughs> and i think it's probably okay, he fairly... also played for uh, walls end boys club <laughs> that's that's not actually the one I was thinking of. No, um, uh, I think that this is Alan Shearer. Scott, do you think Andrew has got a third one right tonight? Yes, he has. I would agree, yeah. Alan Shearer. Yes, uh, a local legend where I live. Um, I had a visitor down the other week who's a Newcastle fan um, from up north and took him into New. Newcastle to show him the statue of Shearer so he could get his photo taken next to him. So a player who um, all all the people where I live absolutely adore and and with good reason because he did 
great stuff for the club, although they never actually won anything with him there. Um, could have went on to, at the time when he signed for Newcastle, could have signed for pretty much any club in the world. Was probably the the number one or two ranked striker around about that time. Um, you just you knew that if he was in your team, there was always going to be goals in that team. And I, I think he fits in perfect with the, the front three that you've picked so far, Davey. But do you want to just talk us through Alan Shearer and why you've included him in? Dying breed. Players like that, they're a dying breed. I just think, stick your ball anywhere in the box and he'll go and get on the end of it. What an unbelievable finisher. Link up, good in there, strong as an ox. But again, you Kenny Douglas, um, Cooper on the wings if they're playing on their favoured sides, the right and the left, putting balls in the box, you're guaranteed Alan Shearer's going to get in the end of it. Um, did think about Coyste, if I'm honest, but when you look at the international career and obviously European career that um, Shearer had with England, I just think he, he gets an odd. I just think he's a... I'm going to say an old-fashioned, but he was a modern-day centre-forward as well, but he had old-fashioned attributes. It's a dying breed in the modern game. Try to find strikers that are going to attack the ball in the box. It can finish off both feet. It can go in behind. It can rough defenders up. I just think he had it all. He was just a, a unbelievable striker for me, and I can always remember you're running away at school. You're running away in your school team. Gira. And like the commentator's voice, it's always one that stuck in my head when Shearer, Alan Shearer scored goals. And well, he could, he could score goals, but some fantastic finishes along with the goals that he scored in the box and outside the box. Yeah, and and another um, player in this team who was a, a captain for his team as well. Be yeah. right, scored some wonderful goals in the box, and then I think the. When it comes to outside the box, the one that always sticks out for me is that volley against Everton, um, which was just yeah. absolutely world class. Yeah. And did all this after having some horrific injuries as well. Um, you know, he really kind of tore up his knee at one point um, when Newcastle had just sold Les Ferdinand. And then, of course, he had a near career ender when Neil Lennon attacked his foot as well at one point. So, you know, he played through a lot of tough things. Um, Andrew? Alan Shearer definitely within your kind of time period. So, what's your thoughts on on Alan? Yeah, I mean, he's. Um, I think as you guys uh, sort of intimated, he's the absolute perfect person to have in the middle of the box right here, especially with these two guys in the wings. Um, still, uh, most goals scored in the Premier League uh, to this day, which is pretty remarkable, um, given you know how long he's now not been playing. And um, yeah, a, a clinical striker. Um, I think uh, I think Davy, as you intimated there, is quite similar to Ali in that you know, if there's you know you want someone in the box who the ball's going to fall to, he's one of those guys who you can rely on to put the ball away. Um, so yeah, uh, no questions for me. And uh, yeah, this uh, this this British eleven looks pretty tasty to me. I think this this could do some serious damage. Scott Shearer, definitely a man we would have liked to have had in Seville taking one of them penalties. Without a doubt. Um, I think David said something, obviously, there's similar to what my dad says. Again, he, he, he believes he's a, he, was a, he has a dying breed. That's, you don't have many centre-forwards with that bravery now that no matter where the ball is, they'll fling something at it, whether it's a foot, a heat, they'll, they'll find a way of guiding that towards a goal. And 
with Cooper and Doug Leach putting the balls in, you know the you know the quality is going to be in the delivery. You just need to get in the direction and be there with the anticipation. But I, I loved Alan Shearer. Um, no particular again affiliation with Newcastle or Blackburn or anything. Like that. I had a I had a one of the old classic UK Brown tops with nine in the back of it, which I think yeah. I think half the kids in the estate in the nineties had one of the tops as well. But again, a good bit of respect for him as well. He turned he, well, I say he turned down Man United. He, he took Newcastle over Man United and to think we could have gone on and won in that team, whereas he went to his hometown club. So I've got, I've got a lot of respect for that. And uh, as you said, Eddie, you'll know better than me. But I've been to the, I think it's actually called Shearers again. It used to it was changed to the number yeah, nine bar. It's back to being Shearers. So I've <coughs> been, been to Shearers bar in Newcastle, and you know, I mean, he's, he's spoken of like a saint there. So. No, uh, absolutely no objections. I love loved Alan Shearer and I, I, I do enjoy him as a pundit as well. I quite like listening to him talk about a game. Okay, so we've gone through your team there, Davey. I, I think it's fair to say we're all very impressed with um, how that team's turned out, especially with you limiting it to British players. I think it's turned into a, an absolutely fantastic team, one that would be great to watch play, to be honest with you. You've got a brilliant back four. Um, with a solid keeper, but then you've got just unbelievable midfielders and a, and a strike force that you know is going to get you goals in any scenario. So that's a brilliant team. But the question is, who would you have as manager? Now, I'm assuming you'd probably want to manage it yourself, given that's your, your career. There's not a lot of management takes place in that. You pick a team and tell me. They talk that myself. I mean, even if, there's not a lot I could say to that. I just go in every morning as soon as what he wants to do today and then that's what I do. <laughs> um, but you're looking at a team, right? You're looking at the great, great British managers. Again, I want to keep along that theme. Um, I want to see Sir Alex, but do you know what? I'm going to go with Walter Smith. I'd love to have seen Walter Smith with managing a team with the players like that around him. Um, so my manager would be Walter Smith, to be honest, just pipping Sir Alex. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't think you're going to get a single disagreement on this pod for, for Walter Smith managing that team. Um, I, w- I was going to ask if you were going to go with a player manager, since you've got a number of players in that team that have gone on to manage. Um, but yeah. I think you're right in, in they need a, bit of a manager who's going to be able to manage. I think Walter think, Smith. Aye. When you hear, I, I didn't know Walter obviously, but when you hear about people talking about him, I know folk that knew him. Um, I think he was a unbelievable man manager. So I think you would need that skill set definitely to manage that group of players. Yeah, definitely. And and you're right. He's the man. He's the kind of man that you need someone who is going to be able to stand up to the bigger personalities in that dressing room. And Walter Smith never shied away from a big personality. So that's a tremendous choice there. Um, Scott, Andrew, I'll let both of you have a little say on Walter Smith as well, because obviously he's such a an iconic manager who meant a lot to to the three of us as Rangers fans as well in our club. So, um, Scott, we'll let you lead there. Um, what can you? You can't. I, I don't think no matter who you support, if I've ever heard them there or a bad word about Walter Smith. Um, and I absolutely adored the guy. I loved him. He was he was your old dad. You just when he was on the dug in the touchline, you just felt everything would be all right. <laughs> and it's very rare that you've got somebody like that. Does doesn't matter in the in the modern game. It doesn't matter if you're a Guardiola or no. Something can always go. But you just 
you had the feeling with Walter that he just knew what he was, how he was going to beat this team or how he was going to dig us out of it for we're up against it. And you go back to that one with the, I think it was uh, he was letting Ali pick a team for the the cup run, and when we went down to nine men against St Mirren, Walter just was like, right, sit down, I've got it for years, son, and you know that's that's just he, he, he just you just knew that. Or you felt that Walter knew everything. He brought. He would never be. I doubt he would ever be like that. He was a very, very humble and a very modest man. Um, but no, just you always felt safe when Walter was there. And still, still with this, even a, for the last season, it's just a star tremendous loss to his own. I uh, couldn't couldn't disagree with the manager at all. Andrew, I don't think there's much can be said that hasn't been said about Walter over the year over the past season um or even over the years entirely but I'll let you just have a a little um talk about him and what you think he would bring to this team yeah I mean I can only echo what what all you guys have said already I mean he'd um he'd certainly get this lot into shape there's no question about that um there's um yeah I mean you, you can't talk highly enough about Walter and what what he what he contributed I think to British football not just Scottish football but British football yeah. um and it's a mark of the man how well he is spoken about um in that no one no one has a bad word to say about him um so yeah I mean that's Dave you've picked out a, a tremendously skilled um team and manager um Who's who's going to be your captain here though? Who who's getting the armband out of this lot? Oh, there's eleven captains here, but do you know what? Soon as stands out to me. I don't know. I just all look right. at these players, and I think they would all look at soon as if I'm honest. They just commands that respect. He's got that aura. They're all captains in their own rights, but just don't know. Something just sticks out with soon as being the captain of that team. I think it, that would have been my choice as well. Is it the soon as could probably battle them all? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know some of these players. Obviously, I know some of them, but I can just imagine him looking up soon as being their captain. Does that make sense in the changing room? He'd yeah, be the leader. Yeah. He'd be the father figure. He'd be the one that they look towards. Hundred percent. So before we um, finish the pod, I just I, I would be remiss of me not to ask this question. Davey, and I hope you don't mind us asking it, but obviously as Livingston manager, you've gone up against Steven Gerrard um, when he was Rangers manager. What was it like going up against Gerrard and um, how did he come across as a manager compared to what the kind of um, persona is as the footballer? It was just, to be honest, Stephen with me, I still text him to this day now and again. He always answers me, always comes back and he'll say, give me a wee phone. You want to um, ask him if he wants to come on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, honestly. It was always, like for me, just obviously, you know, my background and stuff like that, it was always great with me. Always great with me. For the first minute, he'd come up, shake my hand, wish me well. Obviously, when he just got the job at Rangers, I, would, I had Ryan Hardy for the championship and I took Ryan into the Premiership. So I had a lot of time talking to Stephen, trying to get Hardy into back into Livingston and got into the Premier League. So for day one, as soon as he came up to Scotland, I'd kind of spoke to him anyway, and that relationship just grew, if I'm honest. So always had a great relationship with him, still have a good relationship with him, um, and he just came across as just a really, really down-to-earth guy who took me at face value and took me for who I was, not 
know who I was perceived to be or the stigma attached to me. So he gave me the time of day. And for me, that was very, very important. And I'll never forget that. Do you know what it is? That's really um, great to hear, to be honest, because I, I fully expected you to come back and say that he was, you know, really friendly and, and great to deal with when he was at the club. But to hear that he still takes the time to stay in touch with you and hasn't got that kind of, you know, I'm Stephen Gerrard and now I'm down in the English Premier League. I don't need to speak to to managers from up north anymore. Is That's actually quite a big thing. Um, that just shows that he is a, a really nice person underneath it all. I, I don't know if Scott okay. or Andrew have any opinions on that, but... No, it's just it's just nice to hear. It's just good that we, we understand. Obviously, there's always the the opponent on the pitch and on the sidelines and stuff like that. But you understand that managers in the game are going to have respect for each other. Guys are going to have good relationships on and off the uh, off off the pitch. So I mean, it's just it's just part and parcel of football. And obviously, us now getting a getting a wee bit of getting it from the inside. Obviously, knowing that that, that is the case. I mean, there's certainly going to be. I'd imagine there's plenty of managers and staff throughout the country that Davies quite pally with. Um, maybe not so much Marvin Bartley now that he's not got in the team, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, just I, I think I think the, the that's that's just professionalism and and uh, no, it's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well. Um, there's not much left for me to do other than to start off by thanking my fellow panellists. So first of all, thank you, Andrew. It's been uh, a, a great chat with you again. And thank you for the hard work you're going to put in and um, pulling together the, the end product. <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, like I said, it's been far too long, but it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, and Davey, thank you so much for giving up your time as well. Um, it's been excellent. Oh. Thoroughly enjoyed it. No bother. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it myself. I also need to congratulate you, Andrew, on getting three right guesses this week. I think that's your record now, so well on, done. On cloud nine, cloud nine. Be buzzing about that for the rest of the week. <laughs> and um, Scott, I'd just like to thank you for coming on again as well. It's been great to speak to you again. Um, it's been far too long. You were your extra clues absolutely scudding my goal difference here. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, honestly, I had a great time on the pod tonight. It has been far too long. Uh, and again, thanks to... Eddie for hosting, Andrew for panel, uh, being on the panel, and again, thank you to Davey for giving up his time, and it's been a, a real pleasure and a, a, a good insight talking to you as well. Thanks very much, it was nice to be invited on, guys. Yeah, and of, of course, um, a huge thank you for coming on, Davey, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, it's uh, just really refreshing and, and just an honour to have someone who has such a, a standing in the game as you do at the moment, and is doing so well to be willing to come on and speak to the three of us and be on this show. Um, you've, for the listeners, Davey's actually been really um, great at communicating with myself and helping me arrange this and, and coming on. So we can't thank you enough for that. And I'd like to wish you all the best for the, the coming season. Obviously, I hope your first game of the season isn't very good for you. <laughs> uh, sorry to say, but after that, I hope you have a really good season. And just I can't say thank you enough for how... Um, accommodating you've been and, and coming on the show no thanks very much guys i really appreciate it and good luck with the podcast going forward thank you and nice finally um just need to thank you the listener and hopefully you continue to tune in we love doing this show and we hope you love listening to it and so far it's been great some great teams and we're coming i think we've got another three to record and then we'll record we're wrap-up show of this series where we'll pick which team makes it which teams make it to the final we'll all pick a team to take and represent in that final and 
we'll let you know who the winners are. But in the meantime, continue listening and hit the archives if you've missed any of the previous shows because there's been some great shows on. Thank you.